This year's donations might go to, say, the geology department. Oh dear, not the dirt people. Geology is the study of pressure and time. That's all it takes, really. What kind of activity has turned the lake massive? Look, I'm just a geologist. I like rocks. I love rocks. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Geology Flannel Cast. My name is Steve. Hey, everybody. This is Chris. Good um, greetings. Good greetings. It's been I'm two just... weeks. He forgot how to do this. I'm sorry, ladies and gentlemen. Rusty. Rusty. I felt a little rusty on that uh, on that intro, too. It's like, yeah. Took well, me I haven't done this in a while. I, I didn't get my normal countdown from Steve. Oh, I, yes. I apologize. Yeah. I haven't well, done the countdown in like a year. <laughs> I've been doing it with my eyes closed. It's the first time I had my eyes open in a year. <laughs> well, welcome everybody to Geology Flannel Cast. Yeah, we're, we're back from back from a little uh little little hiatus, a little two-week hiatus, but uh we're back at it, baby. That's yep. right. It feels feels great to be back. It does. Yeah. Yeah. We apologize. Jesse and I were at uh the Geological Society of America conference. Uh, northeast section in wonderful Lancaster, Pennsylvania. So, how was it? You guys learned nice. a lot. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was good to be back in person. Yep. Yeah. Now, um, was that the first conference you guys been back to? I haven't been to ones actually since since uh, COVID started. Yeah, I, I haven't been to a conference in years. Uh, like, yeah, been- I guess the field geology conference like two and a half years ago. But yeah. Uh, that's yeah, that's about it. So. Yeah. And it turns out, you know, I'm no spring chicken. And, you know, I'm not saying I was hungover or anything, but man, I can't eat like restaurant food four days in a row without my body revolting. It's a lot. It is. It is a lot. And yeah. hard it's hard to eat healthy on the road. Yeah. And let's put it this way. I wasn't ordering salads. So you know, a lot <laughs> of it lies on me. Yeah, I think that's part. Of, I'm like, yeah, I will treat myself. I, I had cheesy grits for breakfast two days in a row. Like, <laughs> wow. Did. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not here. And yeah, just drinking a lot of coffee. The funny thing is, like, there was some it's not like we were carousing late into the night. A couple of the nights I went to bed earlier than I go to bed normally. It's just that. the cheesy grits are just taxing your body. <laughs> they, they are. They've entered my bloodstream and they slowed yeah. me down. Yeah. You uh, you friends with your cardiologist? <laughs> <laughs> no. That's, that's the next specialist I need to befriend. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Yeah. Well, what are we talking about today, gentlemen? Well, we got an extra extra special episode today. So um, we've talked about it on the on the uh, the podcast before, but if you become a uh, certain tier uh, uh, Patreon sponsor, go to patreon.com slash geology flannel cast. Uh, we will devote an entire episode to you. So this one is devoted to close personal friend of the podcast and super awesome Patreon sponsor, George. So, uh, George, Are you sure had, it's uh, George. What if it's Jorge? Jorge. <laughs> no, Jorge is with a J. This is a G. So it's George. Got it. George. Um, yeah. so George had, uh, three, three quick, well, two quick questions and, and one, one longer, longer winded question. And, uh, so figured- well, his question was concise. It's going to be longer winded for us. <laughs> yes. I want to point out. This isn't George's fault. This is our fault. <laughs> I'm sorry. I meant like a, like a, 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 a heavier topic. All right. There you go. So the first one we can, uh, we can knock that one out pretty fast. He wants to know. 
why was there a hiatus? What happened in the lives of the three musketeers while we were gone? Um, it was a blustery May evening in 2026. And basically 2026. 20, uh, 20, 2016, three, sorry. Several years. Uh, yeah, I was like, are you predicting the future? And yeah, actually, actually it, it was July of 2016. Uh, no, we had a Yoko moment. Uh, basically, Chris and my wife just wouldn't get along. So, uh, no, I'm kidding. It, <laughs> was, <laughs> I was like, where is this going? <laughs> um, it, it sort of, I mean, I, I missed you all, but it worked out for me because July of 2016, my, I, I had a kid. So, yeah. oh, now I, it's coming it wasn't, to light. Was it my fault? <laughs> I moved uh, about 800 miles away from these guys. That's true. Uh, That's true. Too. The same week Jesse had the kid, the kid, just the same week Jesse had his son. Yeah. Uh, that's when uh, I moved about 800 miles away from them. And what's your excuse, Steve? <laughs> Nothing. I was here the whole time. Steve, Steve was present record every <laughs> Monday just, night. It was just <laughs> me by myself crying. Press record, they will come. Just like feel the dreams, right? So, I mean, in geology, hiatuses are caused by non-deposition or erosion. Yeah. You just worked the positing episodes. Yeah, non-deposition. Non-deposition <laughs> yeah. of episodes. So, so Steve was eroding. He was sitting in his chair. <laughs> away. Yeah, it was sad. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's about it. We you know stuff happened but we're back yeah. baby we're back yeah you know just uh can't can't quit the podcast you know it's yeah. just, can't, can't. just keeps on bringing you back actually and the reason we got back together was we had a i guess well we got back together because it was because of covid we had a uh couple of uh, the two or the three of us and then i think there were some other people involved we had a we had a zoom call and uh, I was uh, it's like, wow, the technology got a lot better and uh, we could we could do this podcast thing again. Yeah, that, that was a big piece of it is that uh, trying to get us all in the same room. And back in 2016, that was basically the only cost effective way we could do it. Yeah. Like th there was high end. Uh, over the internet recording stuff we could have done, but we just couldn't afford it. <laughs> so. I, I feel like there was an episode where like I was calling in. Yep. And you guys were on like, I don't know, Skype or something. It was episode we, number two. Steve called in. We had a, like, there were times where we were like, I, I it, it was a whole janky system we had. Yeah. Together. Yeah. But yeah, but it's not like we're, we're running like a professional quality podcast every year. Finally, now. Like, <laughs> the, the technology caught up to us. We were yes, always, that's really we what we were. Yeah, we we're innovators. At least we have uh, microphones now. <laughs> it's true. We're not. We so, had headsets, like gamer headsets. And yeah, funny back in the day. Um, uh, so, yeah, that's, so that's 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 question answer. number one. So okay, yeah. Number number two, George asks, uh, "How can a parent encourage interest in geology and children?" So I'll let the fathers start this one off. Steve, so, uh, what would you, you say earlier, Steve? You want to repeat it on air? <laughs> I said, "Just throw rocks at your kids until they until they learn to like it." Yeah. Uh, His no. motto of parenting is: "The beatings will continue until morale improves." Yeah. Uh, so I find that when I try to explain stuff like outcrops or when we're taking hikes or things like that, like the kids just 
gloss over or glaze over and just like, dad, I don't want to hear this. But when I pick up a rock and then I try, like you can basically pick up almost any rock and find something cool with it, whether it's a shiny part, uh, certain cleavage, you know, the different minerals in it, anything like we have like just random, like stone, like stones in our backyard and there'll be like little garnets in it and things like that. So that that's what I do to try to get my kids excited about it. Like have them try to find a cool rock. And, and then when they bring me a cool rock, I get excited about it. And I was like, Oh, that is cool. And then I, I keep it, you know, I, I have a spot inside. It's that cabinet back there that has a lot of cool rocks in it. And then I also have uh, a spot outside because, um, you know, there's only so much room inside that I'm, <laughs> that I'm allowed to keep rocks in. Um, so I do, I do that. And then I also, every once in a while we'll go like mineral hunting. There's like certain places around me where you can find this, that, or the other thing. And, and honestly, they like just going outside and hunting for things and smashing stuff and, or, or going looking for fossils or things like that. Like, don't get me wrong. It doesn't last long, you know, like 45 minutes to an hour into it. They're like, can we go home or things like that? But, but they always do want to at least go out and do it. Um, and you know, you just, that, that's what sparks my kids interest is actually finding something that looks shiny and looks cool that, that they can show off to their friends if they want. Um, but me trying to teach them geology while we're like at an outcrop or something, it, I don't know. I still haven't figured that one out. No, yet. Same. Uh, basically you're saying just, just direct them to the shiny stuff. Yeah. I mean, so my kids are 12, nine and seven. So the, the seven-year-old is probably the most into it. She, Mm -hmm. she really loves the shiny rocks and things like that. Like, and, uh, you know, friends, families that know I'm a geologist, they'll like find a rock and they'll be like, Hey, Juliet, look at this rock I found. She gets super excited about it. So, um, that, that, oh, and especially when you hear it from someone other than dad, that makes it (laughs) that much cooler. So, Yeah. It's it's tough. Yeah, don't don't try and explain anything. I do no. I drop fun facts like yeah, if we're out for a walk or something, and you know, I'll see like a, a like a trace fossil in the rock of something, I'll just be like, Oh, that's a hundred million year old worm burrow, and sort of just kind of point at it and just keep going, like yeah, kind of throw just drop fun facts. Be walking yeah. through a river or something pick up a rock and be like the river did this made it all smooth and then like skip it um but even yeah shiny rocks shiny rocks are okay from the conference i brought home some um um ammonites that had been replaced with something so they're pretty now they're Mm -hmm. like shiny not were they pyrotized they might have been pyrotized i don't know and uh, their kids were pretty unimpressed. <laughs> <laughs> like, what are, you, what are you doing? This is like, you know, 70 million year old little. I was like, this is the shell. There was a creature that lived in here and nothing. <laughs> nothing. <laughs> nothing. Yeah. It's, it, it is tough. The things they are interested in and the things that aren't just vary. From, like they're kids. So it just changes from day to day. Right. So, yeah. Sort of find what so works. do you think you can get you could uh get their attention with like 
pictures of exploding volcanoes or videos of they, exploding they volcanoes? They do. I, sometimes, yeah, I'll show them, yeah, when there was lava flow in Iceland and whatnot, I try to explain it. Yeah, like when we go to the beach and walk along and I'll, I usually I'll pick up the sand and I'll be like, look at all this sand, it's everywhere. And then like, I'll get it really close where you can see the individual grains and, you know, you see like the quartz and the, you know, the potassium feldspar where they can see the difference. Or if you have heavy minerals too, you see the tourmalines and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And I was like, look at all these, this used to be mountains and, you know, sort of just, you know, just set the stage a little bit, not try and teach them you know, orogenic uplift or something. <laughs> yeah, but uh, so, so you're not like grilling them on most hardness scale. Yeah, five. Like that's. <laughs> they do have geologic times to go quizzes every Sunday night. <laughs> nice. You gotta just pound it into their heads at an early age. Yeah, you know, I, yeah. They... I don't know why they don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I I do have to temper their uh, love for shiny rocks a little bit when we walk in creeks near my house. They're like, oh, what about this? I'm like, that's glass. That's broken glass. That, that's more broken glass. <laughs> don't, don't touch that. <laughs> that was deposited by the Budweiser Brewing Company. Uh, yeah. Step away, please. But so. yeah, so no no, uh, no magic wand to, to figure out a way to get your kids involved. But, um, you know, it, it helps when it comes from other people. And yeah, don't don't try to lecture them. They just they don't. Honestly, I also feel like geology is one of those sciences where, I mean, some people like it at a young age, like fossil collecting and stuff like that, mineral collecting. But I think a lot of people kind of fall into it at a at a after like they reach maturity. It's the mature science, I like to say. (laughs) The mature. (laughs) Not exactly pedestrian, you know. Um, But I didn't. I remember like being a little kid. My dad took me out on a lot of hikes and things like that. And then I didn't. I didn't really you know, and then whatever you turn into a punk teenager and like, this is stupid. I don't want to do this, you know? And then I don't know. Then you turn like 20 years old or so you're like, I actually was pretty cool. I want to go back, you know, start doing more hikes and stuff like that, adventuring at the outdoors and learning more about, about nature and stuff like that. And so that was kind of my path. That, 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 and the guy across the hall from you. Oh yeah. (laughs) (laughs) In your dorm. that was, that was my story. So in case I, I think I've told the story on the, the podcast before, but uh, I've basically the way that I got into geology was my buddy that lived across the hall from me in my dorm. He was a geology major. And one night we're basically sitting around drinking one night and he had this like set of minerals he had to identify uh, for a homework assignment. And he's like, Chris, look at these things. And I was like, oh, that's quartz. He's like, how did you know that? And I was like, oh, I took like a earth science class in high school. I remembered a couple of minerals. He's like, you should become a geology major. And uh, my uh, buddy here we, Mike here changed are. my life. Here we go. I, I'm, I'm, a host, I'm a co-host of the premier geology podcast on the internet now. So there you go, man. Clearly, it's a short, clearly, a short step from one to the other. Yeah, yeah. So you too can go from uh, drinking with your buddies in college to hosting the premier geology podcast. <laughs> yeah. yeah, setting the expectations pretty high there. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So, all right. So there you go. There was uh, the, the first two questions there. Now back onto uh, the meteor, meteor, like a meteor hitting the earth. Uh, the t- uh, question with a little more meat to it is uh, uh, meteor, not meteor, meteor, meteor. meteor. Like the, yeah. The kind of nibble on, not the kind that falls from space. Yes. Yeah. Thanks. Anytime you have to explain your jokes like that, it's always <laughs> a 
<laughs> a don't, plus joke. Don't look directly at Happy Fun Ball. That's every. Uh, is that what you call meteors? You never. Oh, there's a Saturday Night Live episode. It was a toy. It was called Happy Fun Ball. Uh, <laughs> it's like we don't actually know what Happy Fun Ball is made of. It flew. It fell from the sky. It's like do not do not taunt Happy Fun Ball. <laughs> it was just one of those like Saturday Night Live commercials. It was pretty funny. Yeah. Um. All right. So the third question he has, uh, which we're going to spend the majority of the podcast talking about, is, um, what are options to see geology in action? In quotes, for people living in the southern coastal plain, besides the barrier islands, or venturing into the Piedmont. Uh, I, mean, says, I was going to say. I mean, you you go to the beach and you just think of James Hutton. That's all you have to do. But yeah, if you don't want to go to the barrier island. I mean, in his defense, there is no, I mean, you know, Hutton had an outcrop in Scotland that he was, he was looking at. Pretty uh, spectacular outcrop, too. Yeah, sicker point. Yeah. Uh, uh, pretty sick. Field, field trip, gentlemen? Yeah. Sold. We should, do we, I mean, we should go to sicker point. We should make a pilgrimage to sicker point. I mean, but, we should yeah. make a list of places we need to make pilgrimages to. I've never been to the Grand Canyon yet. No, me neither. Losers. <laughs> you, you've been yeah how grand you've never been uh, how, how, how grand was the canyon pretty grand man pretty took grand. a hel- helicopter ride down to the bottom look at this guy Ooh. look at this guy swanky you? elon musk over here you you took, were... took a yacht tour on the colorado river a yacht <laughs> it was actually an inflatable zodiac but whatever it was yeah. like a yacht to me it was the yacht of the colorado <laughs> exactly yeah. so all right. So basically, uh, so he goes, uh, what else can you see besides the barrier islands or venturing into the Piedmont? Uh, he's been to Providence County. So basically, George is asking some spots in the southern along the southern coastal plain of the United States uh, that are pretty geologically cool. Uh, he goes, uh, maybe the true related back to geology stump question for Jesse isn't what, but where South Georgia. So Jesse, you're being challenged here. Just FYI about your <laughs> where, where should defense. you go in South Georgia? I know where you should go, Brunswick. That's oh, you. That's that's our secret spot, man. I don't know if we should be uh, telling people about. So, what? Oh, the <laughs> background of my the background of my phone. You can't see it because I've got a blue light filter on. But it's Saint it's Saint Simon San Simon Simon Island. The place we went. It was the full moon. Yeah, we with the, the beach, we went for a long drift, walk. Driftwood Beach. Yeah. yeah. Jesse and I took a, a full <laughs> moon stroll along Driftwood Beach. Sounds very romantic, gentlemen. <laughs> it was I'm, I'm, a, I'm a little hurt. I wasn't invited. You know what we did before we took that stroll? We went to Dairy Queen. We did. We did. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> no, we went to the uh, the hotel where the Federal Reserve was uh, established. As well. Yeah, that was, and it was like the classic where the moss was coming hanging off the trees and whatnot. Yeah, the, uh, uh, yeah, the, yeah, Spanish moss. Spanish, Spanish moss. That's, that's it. Yeah, yeah. It's a it's a magical evening. It right? really was. <laughs> All right. So I, I was home in Delco. <laughs> <laughs> so first thing I want to do to uh, I want to say to George to answer this question, um, George, I would highly suggest you invest in the roadside geology of Georgia by Pamela Gore and Bill Witherspoon. 
Uh, it's uh, you're going to see there's a lot of cool stuff in there for the uh, for the coastal plane. I have a copy myself. It was uh, basically the reference, not basically it was the reference for what uh, we're going to be talking about today. Pam um, Gore, she teaches or she taught the historical at, geology lab book. Yeah. Perimeter Georgia yeah. State. Yeah. Perimeter yeah. College. Yeah. 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 Thought that name sounded familiar. Yep. 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 You've probably used her lab book and didn't even realize it. Yep. The classic so, go-to. Classic. Classic. So uh, they do a really good job explaining the geology of, of Southern Georgia, but just a couple, couple of the things to, to point out. Uh, number one. So the other thing is we're George, we're going to kind of take your question and make it uh, applicable to more of a, a global audience. Cause we have many dozen listeners from all over the world uh, tuning into the geology flannel cast. So uh, Chris said that one, just, I was drinking my water, almost a spit take on my computer. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Many dozens so, of listeners. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, first things first, just uh, give a quick, I wish we give a quick run through on what the coastal plain is. All right. Uh, for listeners, you know, especially like the, the, the coastal plain of the East coast of the United States, the Atlantic coastal plain. Um, the run th- rundown of, of what that is. Basically, here's a here's your 30 second explanation of the coastal plain. It's uh, it's a big old wedge of sediment from what what used to be the mighty Appalachian Mountains. They basically eroded it down, and uh, basically those giant mountains turned into sediments, and rivers carried them out onto the edge of the continent, and so that's what makes up the coastal plain. Um, it thickens as you go further out seaward and, uh, some interesting facts here. Uh, you have uh, the coastal that was, plain. That was 30 seconds. Uh, well, sorry. You're not going to need interesting fact. <laughs> yep. All right. See you next week. Uh, here you go. Uh, the coastal, if you go 150 miles offshore of Georgia, the coastal plain reaches a maximum thickness of nine miles. Whoa. Yeah, that's what I didn't realize it was that thick. I knew it was yeah. thick, but uh, and then you go about three hundred miles offshore, tapers off to about a few hundred feet thick, uh, to the edge of the continental shelf. So basically, the coastal plain is just a big old pile of sediment that's just hanging out there on the edge of the continental shelf. Uh, it's been the the oldest stuff along the U.S. coastal plain is uh, late Cretaceous in age. And the sediments get younger and younger and younger as you go towards the Atlantic Ocean. So a lot of stuff is uh, a lot of stuff about sea level is recorded in your coastal plain sediments. So we have the, the coastal plain starts at a physiographic feature, I guess you call it, known as the fall line. Yeah. And so the fall line is basically where the ground as you, so as you move, let's just say. It's where it's where the coastal plain meets the Piedmont. All right, so you go from unconsolidated sediment to crystalline rock for the most part. Piedmont, the Piedmont is mostly along that section of the United States is mostly metamorphic rock, maybe a few pockets of igneous rock here and there, um, and it's called the fall line because this is where you tend to get uh, your like some small waterfalls or rapids or things like that. And coincidentally, along the east coast of the United States. The majority of the major cities are uh, were founded, I guess you could say, along the along the full line, not colonized or established. Established, thank you. Um, 
uh, on the fall line. So if you like, you go up into the Northeast, you have, uh, you have cities like, uh, well, these guys are both living outside of Philadelphia. Philadelphia is right on the fall line there. Uh, Trenton is, uh, let's see, is New York on the fall line or New York's inland? It was, uh, the fall line kind of tapers off. Yeah, it depends. Right? Yeah, because like, what is Manhattan? I mean, I know yeah, Long Manhattan's Island. Manhattan's all schist, right? Yeah, Manhattan's schist. Long Island is. Yeah, is I don't know all... if there's any coastal plain on that side, but yeah, uh, we could just say Trenton, Philadelphia, uh, can... Baltimore, D.C. I mean, you can make Richmond. the case because the fall line is where you go from like the crystalline bedrock to the sedimentary wedge of the coastal plain. So yeah, you can make a case that New York is on the fall. Yeah. Line. Boston. So, but all that, so you keep on going down. So I said, uh, DC, Richmond, uh, and then going to, uh, I don't know if Charlotte off the top of my head is on the fall line. Uh, Dak, don't quote me on that one. It might be, I got to look at a map. I'm doing this off, uh, you know, from memory. But then you go into Georgia and you also have cities like uh, like Augusta, Macon, Columbus. But anyways, these cities are all in the fall line. The reason for that is because when these cities were being established, uh, people were coming in off uh, on ships off of the oceans and they were going up the rivers. They hit the fall line and they couldn't go any farther. So this is it. I can't get past I can't get past uh, these features in the river. So, boom. That's why they uh, established all those major cities and all they all live on the, uh, that they all, they're all, they all fall on the fall line. So it, fun fact. It, it also helped that uh, with the industrial revolution, the fall line actually provided a lot of the kinetic energy for mills and things like that. That's like they, too, they yeah. use those waterfalls mm-hmm. to power the mills to, I mean, that's why like Wilmington with the DuPonts, like they, they made gunpowder, they made chemicals, they made all kinds of stuff in Wilmington and, and, and textiles. Philly was a textile plant and, you know, a bunch of other different types of industry. So, you know, yes, that's as far as the ships could go, but then they actually harnessed that, that fall line power to, to really establish themselves as cities. Yeah. So uh, it's a win-win ships couldn't get any further up the river. And it actually worked out pretty well for them. So I do have a question, though. <clears throat> Why is question? the oldest sediment found in the Atlantic coastal plain Cretaceous when the last orogeny was well before the Cretaceous? Uh, because well, I'll give a stab at this. That's where the fault. Like, so the, the oldest sediment butting up against the fault line is is Cretaceous. And that's where that's where the sea level was basically. So yeah. the sediments being deposited along the coast. So, and so the coast was at the fall line during the, when the sea level hit, it's like maximum in the Cretaceous. Yeah. And, and so like um, the earlier orogenies, like the Acadian and the Taconic. Right. I can understand they race each other kind of Well, thing. no. And they, they're also shedding West. Ah, okay. And there the, a, the apple, the Alleghenian, like the last of the Appalachian, orogenies it you don't start creating accommodation for it until the atlantic opens up which is triassic okay and then, and then you really start getting accommodation i mean the jurassic's so short and then then the cretaceous so yeah there is a weird thing where you don't preserve much jurassic say in 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 eastern the eastern north america eastern part of north america which is, you know, I never thought of, about that. Kind of weird. Yeah. What's going um, on there in the Jurassic? We should look at that. 
Uh, <laughs> we, should, we should we should tackle that problem. Let's get on that. They should figure it out. I I want I want to know more. But I, I think it's I think it's a, a just a you know it, it, you start rifting at the end of the Triassic and the Jurassic, but you really don't create the basin until the Cretaceous, like the ocean basin, where you get accommodation for the sediments to deposit. Got it. Thank you. Yeah. So why was sea level so high during the Cretaceous? It went that far inland. Uh, so the answer is uh, all of the ice, the polar ice caps melted during the Cretaceous is pretty hot. Polar ice caps melted a lot more, a lot more water in the oceans. And then also another reason that sea level is so high during the Cretaceous is because the Atlantic ocean was a baby ocean and it was spreading much faster. And so it was kind of like the equivalent of like, we have like right now we have the mid ocean Ridge, mid Atlantic Ridge in the middle of the Atlantic ocean. But if you look in the Pacific, you have like the, like the, like the East Pacific rise and, and things like that. The, the It's more of a, a broader type feature. It's not as, it's, it's not as, I don't want to say that the mid ocean, the mid Atlantic Ridge is small, but it's a, uh, it's uh, parts of the Pacific ocean are spreading much, they're spreading much faster than the Atlantic ocean is now. Right. The Atlantic ocean was spreading faster during, during this time period, during the Mesozoic, when it first, when it was a baby ocean, it first started opening up. So um, when rock is hot, it expands. And so that's why you got, you got more of a broader bulge, you could say for the, the mid ocean Ridge there. Um, and so you had basically more volume of the volcanics that, that mid ocean Ridge. Um, and so it was just kind of taking up more room in the ocean and kind of pushed sea level up a bit more. Yeah. So. I mean, sea level, yeah, like you said, it's a greenhouse world. So we have no permanent ice sheets. Um, this is, it's, it's the sea level so high. How high is it? It's so high. Uh, you have the Western interior seaway. Cause like, the Rocky mountains aren't really up yet. So like the, the middle of the, the continent, the mid continent is pretty low topography. I mean, it's low topography today too, but yeah, this is, I use this as not a trick question, but it's a thought provoking question on, on some of my exams when I talk about sea level and whatnot. And, you know, you always think about sea level. If you expand the basin, if you make your bathtub bigger, sea level should fall, right? Cause you have a bigger space for, the same volume of water, but you know, the, 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 the tricky part is that if it's, if it's just expanded, if it's in the Cretaceous, you have this rapidly expanding when you go from the late to early Cretaceous and you have a huge section um, where there's no magnetic reversals. And it's, it's basically because it's expanding so fast. Mm. Yeah, that yeah, yeah, the buoyant, the okay. buoyant new hot crust sits higher up, and so gravity pulls the water off that ridge down onto the continental shelves and end up on the coastal plain. It's really interesting. Yeah. So, uh, and then as you go, as you go east, the sediment gets progressively younger and younger and younger until you hit the coast and the modern day barrier islands, and then that's obviously Holocene age stuff so so you're and, telling me that the 1995 classic water world was not based on a true story oh well that was a classic kevin costner film <laughs> where sand was currency all right <laughs> it's true How i mean did, yeah he, he had gills too which he yeah he, yeah, was, he evolved uh, baby he evolved, he evolved. Yeah. yeah and uh 
Yeah, you know, who's to say that wouldn't happen? It's a good point. Exactly. It's a good point. I think I'm going to go on a limb and say that wouldn't happen. Yeah, me too, I suppose. (laughs) Where's the water come from? Unless like several comets, many comets hit the earth very quickly. (laughs) I I was literally talking about ground. I was talking about groundwater today and I talked about the water cycle briefly. And I was saying how water is finite. And it was like, if we get, you know, we can get some from comets. It's usually a small amount. If we got a lot of, a, a lot, a large amount from a comet, we have bigger problems because that comet has probably wiped us all out. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <Do> we gone. <laughs> so George, number one, I would suggest uh, go check out the fall line. Okay. Um, now granted these things, these uh, things that we're going to be pointing out aren't going to be as like majestic as anything you would see in the mountains, but it's still pretty cool. It's, it's some, some cool stuff. So, um, and go check out the fall line. That's anywhere where the Piedmont does meet the do coastal get, plain. Do you get little waterfalls in Georgia? Uh, Cape fear river. Is that in Georgia? I thought that was in North Carolina, South Carolina, yes. South Carolina North Carolina. Carolinas. It's in the Carolinas. I'm wrong. Oh yeah. It looks like there's, you know, um, Tocoa Falls. Oh, Tocoa Falls. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's Piedmont. Come on, man. What is this? this is... I don't know. We're close enough. Horse Trough Falls. I don't know where that one is. There's a lot of there's a lot of waterfalls up in like uh on the Appalachian Trail and uh, mm. northern Georgia. They look kind of lovely here. Yeah, it's these do look great. The Raven Cliff Falls. Yeah. Are there sand, a lot of sand dunes in Georgia too? Yeah, we're getting there. We're oh, getting I'm there. sorry. I'm Tom, jumping the gun. Hold your horses. Hold your horses. Uh, we could actually talk about that right now if you want, actually. Um, you can check out some sand dunes along the coastal plain. So there are, um, if you go along the, I know specifically along the Altamaha River, uh, there are sand dunes along there that are like 70, they start at like 70,000 years old. And uh, some of these uh, occurred or formed during the um, Younger Dryas. And uh, so during the, the Younger Dryas, this is Jesse's favorite of the Dryases. Yes, of the Dryases. Is there an older Dryas? There is. There is? Okay. Yeah. Um, I just know so much about the Younger Dryas. Yeah, um, the older the older Dryas is pretty weak. It's pretty weak, just not. <laughs> the Younger Dryas is the stronger of the, the Dryas. Yeah. What does Dryas mean? So you it's know? a... It's a type of flower. Oh, really? And so, yeah, it's a flower you find um, at or above the tree line. And um, so they found pollen from this flower. They found the flower, pollen from this flower. And it showed that. The- no kidding. We're going to talk about that, actually, in a in a, for the next the next thing we're going to touch on along the coastal plain. But oh. that's really interesting. You said that. Yeah. So keep that in the back of your mind. Um, I will. All right. So the younger Dryas was 13,000 years ago, correct? I always screw this number up. Uh, yeah, 12, nine. 12, 12, okay. Nine. Come on, close. You were pretty close. <laughs> What's 100 years it's not, amongst it's not friends? 13, it's not 13,000. It's 12,900, you amateur. <laughs> Come on. God, do you even like podcast at all? <laughs> I thought we want people to know we research these in depth. Our accuracy is to not be questioned. 
Yes, yes. Um, so yogurt dries occurred, and I didn't know dries was a flower. That's really interesting. I was uh, you always hear the young. Well, the younger dries is when things are cold and dry. And that's where I thought driest oh. dry. But I, I I never looked into the origin of, of what that word means. Yeah. But um, so things are going to get uh, cold and dry up. Uh, and uh, when that happens, you can start getting, well, your vegetation is going to die off. And when the vegetation dies off, you lose your roots, the, the, veg- you know, the plant roots, and your sediment is no longer anchored into the ground. So uh, the wind starts blowing the sand around and creates dunes. So you can see some... Uh, some pretty substantial dunes in, um, in Georgia, uh, specifically you can see them along, uh, uh, what is, well, I always said along, uh, um, what is it? The Altamaha river. And, uh, you can also, uh, see some along the Ogichi river near Savannah. Um, and, uh, uh, Flint River, little Okamogi rivers. Um, so, uh, yeah, so you can go see some uh, some pretty cool uh, from sand dunes uh, recording uh, changes in the climate along there, along uh, there in the uh, in the coastal plain. Fun, fun little fact: little baby geologist Steve Peterson once uh, took some OSL dates on those dunes out, outside of Savannah. Did you really? Really. <clears throat> Back in 2008, 2009, something like that. Why didn't you tell us this? Yeah, I'm, te- I'm telling you now. <laughs> what, what? What? Explain yourself. Yeah, I was I was drilling a core for the USGS. Oh, okay. And uh, we had a little day trip, and the guy's like, "Hey, you want to help me take some OSL dates?" I'm like, "Well, it's OSL." <laughs> I mean, this is like 2009. It was pretty pretty fresh. Yeah. Uh, so I basically, he just wanted me there to dig holes for him. Um, so I dug, dug a bunch of holes for him and I, uh, collected the samples. I collected OSL dates for uh, Chris's postdoc project. And yes, uh, yeah. I, was there, I was there to dig holes. <laughs> no, it was, it was one of my favorite field experiences, just wandering off by myself, some alone time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got a little nervous when he's like, I need you to dig a six foot hole here. It's like, well, wait a second. <laughs> Why are you carrying a, hole, ba- a bag of lie? <laughs> I carry a bag of lie. <laughs> Is that a shotgun in your backpack? I, I... <laughs> um, so, but anyways, who lived to tell the tale? Am I right? <laughs> you survived, Steve. You survived. Um, yeah. So, uh, George, go check out uh, Little. Okmulgee State Park. I never pronounced that word. Uh, Little Okmulgee State Park. I believe it's out by McRae, uh, Georgia. You can go see some some uh, pretty nice sized sand dunes actually out there. Um, So got that. What else is there along the coastal plain? Uh, George, you should go look into some Carolina bays. All right. So Carolina Bay are these like, I guess they're really weird features and they're actually seen all the way from New Jersey, all the way down to Florida along the I, coastal plain. I, I, didn't, yeah, I didn't realize they saw them on Delmarva and end up in New Jersey. Yeah. And so there's a bit of controversy of, dun, dun, of dun. yeah, how they formed. I believe uh, 
the flannel cast is going to go with the Bigfoot, uh, the Bigfoot hypothesis that uh, Sasquatch. Sasquatch was just digging holes around there. I, that yeah. part of the coastal plain. If there's ever a chance to, to go squatching, I will. <laughs> That's my motto. So uh, what they are, uh, the Carolina Bays formed between 110 and 40,000 years ago. And they're depressions. They're, little, uh, they're circular to oval-shaped depressions. Uh, it looks like little pockmarks all over the landscape when you see yeah. these Carolina Bays. Like Swiss cheese almost. I guess Aliens, like, man. It's got to be aliens. So um, they're, they're infilled with water. And some of the oval-shaped ones, it's interesting. The they're all of them, the long axis is oriented in the same direction, the north-south direction. So why are they all oriented in the same direction? Uh, there's been a bit of controversy over what actually formed these. Some of them are, are a couple hundred feet across. Others are uh, a couple. The largest is uh, the largest of the Carolina Bays is called Grand Bay. Um, it's in. It's actually in Georgia, near Lakeland, Georgia, along of, the Alpaha River. I just want to hear you pronounce things in Georgia. Yeah, <laughs> you lived there long enough, you should know how to. Uh, the the interesting thing is that they they all sort of date to recent. Like they're all right around twenty three. 20 you know 19 20 23,000 years ago and yeah so, um what what's yeah. what's uh do you do you have any interpretations any uh oh well just real fast a couple more fun facts before we get into oh, what yeah people Sorry. yeah please uh, uh <laughs> some other names for carolina bays uh some people call them pocasins a native american word meaning swamp on a hill hmm. uh others call them round ponds so real uh, creative. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what to call it. It's round. It's a pond. <laughs> How about square pond? No, no, no. That'll never work. <laughs> uh, okay. Let's uh, here at the geology flannel cast. We are not scared to venture in topics that we know nothing, absolutely nothing about. And here's a topic we're going to venture into where I know nothing about, but Carolina bays provide a habitat for rare insect-eating plants, such as the Venus flytrap, the oh. Venus flytrap, and pitcher plants. So, George, go to a Carolina Bay, see if you can find a Venus flytrap. Take a picture of it. Send it, send it to the geology flannel cast. Yeah, nice. But um, wait, say- wait, hang on. Before we get to our next topic on our perfectly formatted outline. I'd like to thank our sponsor, The Formatting Formula, formattingformula.com or YouTube forward slash C forward slash formatting formula for all of your Word document formatting needs. Uh, The the formatting formula, you got another couple of people reach out to them regarding the uh, flannel cast. So, uh, and I'm going to, I lost it. I had a text from The Formatting Formula. I, I believe it was Pete. Somebody, somebody reach out to the formatting formula. So I said I would give him a shout out. So, uh, so I'm, I already butchered it. So I'll do it again next week. But um, thanks again for, for reaching out to the formatting formula. They're fantastic. Can't say enough good things about them. But don't forget to tell them that the geology final cast thing. So on to the next topic, Chris. Um, so the Carolina Bays have. Uh, That's not uh, under- the next topic. No, well, I'm, I didn't let me finish <laughs> with the Carolina Bay topic. Yeah. <laughs> 
this, ladies and gentlemen. Every you love me. Deal with this. Every you love me. <laughs> uh, all right. So in, in the Carolina Bays, you're seeing a lot of organic, rich uh, sediments, lots of clays. But surrounding the Carolina Bays are sandy soils. Uh, and there's fossilized pollen in the clay-rich sediments. And, um, oh, that's the other thing. The term Carolina Bay comes from the bay tree. It's not an, a, a bay like an embayment. Yes. Much, uh, like, much like you and Younger Dryas, I just always assumed. You just it assumed it was an embayment, a Carolina yeah. embayment. No, it's a, the bay, was it a bay tree or bay plant? I saw it here in the book. But uh, anyways. Oh, they're called bays for the bay tree and evergreen, not because they're filled with water. So you go, various species of bay tree grow in or around the Carolina bays. I can't believe you guys didn't know that. Shut up. You didn't know that either. (laughs) (laughs) Um, All right. So now the question that, oh, the other thing is too, a lot of them have a rim of sand around their southeastern edge. Which is interesting. So they're basically you're seeing some dunes. Uh, well, everyone uh, yes. knows Sasquatch runs northwest, so that would make sense. Sasquatch runs northwest, so the southeast <clears throat> sand. Yeah, it's, it's coming up from the across the. I see you. Okay, I see. It's funny because I'm I'm looking here in the on the hypotheses on how these things formed, and that's not listed here. So you must have like. <laughs> Carry on. We, we must right, have uh, different editions. <laughs> I, maybe I don't have the newest. I have the first edition. Maybe you get that second edition, yeah. right? Yeah. See, I'll, have to, I'll have to get that. All right. So there's there's actually a lot of, uh, hi, I like this. So there's uh, a lot of hypotheses and some of these are kind of like related and, and, and simpler. Some of these are a little more uh, quote far-fetched. So, okay. So here's some of the hypotheses on some of the more like more the more possible hypotheses. You guys want to go with the more the likely ones? You want to go with the far-fetched ones first? Let's go likely first and then and first. trickle yeah. down let's, to let's chaos. Get the, boring, the boring likely one out of the way. Yeah. All right. Tell me on a on a we'll do this. I'll go through each of these and you tell me on a scale of one to ten how boring this is. All right. <laughs> I'm joking. All right. Number one, depression scoured by currents or tidal eddies when seas covered the area. All right, title eddies. Uh, number two, hypothesis. Uh, places where peat bogs burn during droughts with windblown sand along the resulting rims. Uh, basins formed by springs near sand dunes. Uh, four, valleys or depressions dammed by sandbars or giant sand ripples. I like to think of it as the sandbars going, damn you, Carolina Bay. <laughs> Sorry, that wasn't funny. <laughs> no, no, I like that <laughs> a lot. <laughs> number five uh low areas between sand dunes or at the foot of a marine terrace um or six uh lakes or low low areas that were elongated by the erosive power of wind blowing in a particular direction or seven lime sinks with wind blowing sands along the ridge rims so all right so just kind of general well I, i've got a, did you didn't say anything about uh, 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 now the unlikely hypotheses. Oh, oh, all right. Because oh, I, I kind of like thermo, the thermo one. Thermo. Oh, I have. Do you have thermo? Really? Yeah. Oh, that's not this one. Oh, let's. So let's talk oh. about your thermocarst first. So thermocarst is this idea that, <clears throat> um, 
at the end of uh, the during like going the glacial maximum and then thawing out of it like as the permafrost so you get um permafrost forming and um and then as you melt as the world warms up you get um basically these these lakes that form as the water melts and the, the ground becomes unstable you're seeing them now in Siberia. Have you seen the, where the ground gets pockmarked and, and you see these little explosions of the soil? Oh, no way. And they create, they're creating these, these like circular features. And it, it's with the, like the permafrost sort of melting and creating a karstic topography that fills with water. Hmm. Huh. Some thought that, that, that's. So it's like, it's not kettle lakes then. No, because it's not the actual glacier. Yeah, it's the uh, okay. frost in the soil. Huh. Yeah. How about that? Yeah, that's the I I also like the term thermocarst. Yeah, I just like exploding dirt. I'm in. Yeah. Well, if you like exploding dirt, then you're gonna like uh the other hypothesis that their craters formed from a swarm of meteorites striking the earth. Yeah, I love that one. Yeah, just like pop, 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 <laughs> like all over the place. Yeah, um, I'd never heard of this one before. Uh, craters formed. I, okay, I'll just read this out loud. Craters formed when a black hole struck the Hudson Bay area of Canada, Ooh, throwing what? ice chunk. Yeah, <laughs> yes. <laughs> a black. I never heard of this hypothesis. I thought I was pretty in tune with all the. Uh, all the doomsday stuff, but a black hole, like a, a black hole, like a like a stellar object black hole, yeah, just, just cruising right through Earth. Uh, yeah, carry, I, I, carry on. Uh, <laughs> that's why I said it was a far fetched hypothesis. All right, but yeah, black hole struck the Hudson Bay area of Canada, throwing ice chunks that made impact craters in coastal plain sediments. Wow, uh, that's not my idea. Just let it be known. Uh, <laughs> Craters formed by shock waves from a comet exploding in the atmosphere. Okay. Uh, nests made by giant schools of spawning fish or number five. And I never knew what this meant. Whale wallows. What's a whale wallow? Is what that, is a whale? Is that, is that where they like flop all around? I've heard of the term whale wallows you, before, but do I, they flop around. I mean, isn't that what like Buffalo do? Don't they like, roll around on the ground and like, you know, mm. you know, get their scent all up in here. Like, I, I don't know. Do whales do the same thing? I don't know. Uh, wallowing in, according to Wikipedia, wallowing in animals is comfort behavior during which an animal rolls or lies in mud, water, or snow. Yeah, I get that. I do that. Is, is that what you do? Just, yeah, uh, all three. <laughs> I guess pigs uh, wallow. Yeah. That's the next uh, next section I'm looking at is uh, domestic pigs. Uh, domestic domestic pigs lack functional sweat glands and are almost incapable of panting. How about that? Um, why do animals wallow? <laughs> thermo thermoregulation, uh, providing sunscreen, uh, male male conflict, social behavior. How about that? Um, yeah, there's a lot of stuff. Uh, yeah, leg wrestling. Leg wrestling. Yeah, it's number seven here. That's uh wrestling, actually. Wrestling. Uh, um, so I guess whales just 
rolling around at the bottom of the ocean? I guess it would have been a shallow sea at that point, but um, so it, can we harken back to the, I'm not even going to talk about the black hole. Like how so many questions, so many questions with that. Like, we could do a whole episode on these Carolina bays just but, by themselves. Like uh, if there is a, essentially you're making it sound like a strewn field from a meteorite or comet impact. Wouldn't there be some kind of evidence? Yeah, I found nothing. They found nothing. Nothing. Uh, well, that's not entirely true. What well, if it was a comet and it was just ice? So just there, kinda... there was there was a group that put out a um, a paper. Uh, it's got to be ten years ago at this point, maybe more. That claimed they found micro diamonds. I did which hear this get from impacting. But no one else has been able to. Also, well, what's the uh, the time period? Because you can also find there's another chapter in here in this book uh, for the Georgia Coastal Plain talking about finding tectites from the Chesapeake Bay impact. Oh, oh. a lot of you can find a lot of tectites uh, from freshly tilled soil. But I thought they were saying those uh, the the bays were from like 19,000 years ago. Yeah, yeah the, the bays, yeah, what do we say? Uh, they formed somewhere. Well, this one's saying uh, the fossilized pollen is saying the bays formed between 110 and 40,000 years ago. But Jesse, oh. you were saying 20,000 years ago? Something like that. That was one of the ages I saw. Mm-hmm. So, interesting. Things there. Uh, yeah. But uh, let's see. This is saying, you know, uh, there's been no basically no uh no fragment no like meteorite fragments have been associated with the bays um also they don't seem to be uh sitting on disturbed deeply disturbed bedrock but what's the depth how far like hmm the coastal plain's pretty thick in that section yeah but it's just the it's just on the surface sediment it's on like yeah yeah it's just on the sediment yeah yeah um, yeah i'm like in the thermo karst the association of the bays with parabolic dunes along their rims suggests that the bays are natural depressions shaped by wind. Just, just simple wind. Wah, wah. It's not black holes. I do like that black hole hypothesis. That's the first I've heard that. And yeah. I tell you what, I'm on board. I, am I mean, board. it would be. That I is a good question. Like what happens to a black hole when it's done? Is it ever done? Yeah, they, yeah they, they do. They evaporate. It's uh, Hawking ra- uh, radiation. Yeah, they lose their. Lose but their I've seen out. simulations on YouTube where a black hole the size of a dime hits the Earth. And I forget what happens. Maybe it uh, forms Carolina Bays. Maybe that was the. No, <laughs> I want to. I want to and don't want to see your YouTube history. <laughs> <laughs> you're not looking up dime-sized black holes <laughs> slamming into the earth you, right i there was a paper a few years ago and they were talking about a black hole that had i think it was five solar masses so like five times the sun and they they could put the size of the black hole in the paper itself because it's so small they're oh. like uh, it's uh you know, true to scale. And it was like this big on the paper. It was pretty, it was really golf ball size. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was, it was interesting to like actually visualize. Hmm. Five suns in the size of like a softball. Wow. Mm -hmm. 
Not even a softball. It was smaller like a golf ball. Golf ball. Wow. Yeah. It's a lot, it's a lot of, of action. That's yeah, heavy. It's yeah. you are my density. <laughs> my density popped me to you. <laughs> All right. So uh, there's the, the Carolina Bays are cool. Uh, <laughs> I will. Say, let me just. Oh, I want to say something. If you do yeah, go visit, you can say whatever you want. This Thanks. is podcast. all right. Now that I've got the floor, the <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Carolina Bays are really the. You know, you you go there, and especially if if they're surrounded by wetlands, you take it in the beauty of of being in like this wetland environment. Look for your Venus flytraps. You're just in like this marshy fen. They're much cooler as a feature looking at them from space, right? <laughs> Seeing yeah, I would say so. You're probably going to be in Mosquito City. Like, yeah, when you're on the ground level. Probably miserable. Yeah, you'll find yourself in a wetland. So just understand that. Well, George, let us know when you go visit the Carolina base. All right. Yeah. Let us know. Is it a delightful experience, a miserable experience? And uh, would you recommend it to anybody else? And take your uh, geology final cast sticker with you and take some pictures. We'll post them on uh, Insta. Yeah. The gram, if you will. Special props if you post a, a final cast sticker next to a Carolina Bay. That would be just, oh, man, the best. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's see. You can find, uh, oh, geez, uh, some the dinosaur fossils we also we moved on to the topic of fossils if you if fossils are your thing then george is a pretty pretty cool place to be um all sorts of cool stuff all sorts of uh i mean you, you can get into specifics about um you know different localities and the exact fossils but you basically see everything from mollusks to uh to sharks some dinosaurs um Pleistocene age uh, mammals as well. Lots of Pleistocene age mammals in Georgia, specifically uh, closer along the coast, along the I-95 corridor, um, giant ground sloths, uh, Colombian mammoths, uh, uh, bison laterfronts. And if you don't know what a, a bison, uh, the species of bison laterfronts is, it's like a, basically the cousin to like the bison that you would see at uh, like Yellowstone National Park, that's bison, bison, bison ladder fronds is basically that bison on steroids, even Ooh. bigger and beefier. Is that Pleistocene or Miocene? Uh, Pleistocene. 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 Yeah. I always, I always like when genus and species are the same, like Canis, Canis. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. I get a, I get a little internal chuckle. <laughs> there you go. You must love bison, bison. Then <laughs> I do. <laughs> <laughs> Well, do you get a uh, you get a chuckle out of the giant ground sloths that they were pulling out around the Brunswick area in Georgia? Big old giant ground sloths. They were They're getting good. a lot of those, uh, like the the Pleistocene, the macro, the 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 what you call the mega megafauna, megafauna. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you can see all that there. So George, you can go uh, you can go fossil hunting. Around the Brunswick, up in the Skidaway, St. Simons, even up to Savannah, um, all that stuff there. You can get these really cool uh, vertebrate fossils. But you know what's even cooler than that are kale and deposits, yeah. right? Go check, 
go check out a kaolin pit george there you um, go just some white clay Woo! some white clay uh in georgia has about 110 kaolin mines in central georgia it's a oh. belt that stretches between macon and augusta and george did you know that kaolin contributes roughly 900 million dollars annually to georgia's economy wait holy cow that's a lot yeah. of milkshakes which is one of the biggest uh one of the biggest uh kale and suppliers in the world wow george is the nation's leading producer of the white clay known as kale more than half of the world's kale and resources an estimated of five to ten billion tons are located in the georgia coastal plain mm-hmm. um another fun fact about kale and we love kind of the the etymology, like this, the the origin of where these names come from. You guys know where Kaolin is named after? Shoot, I used to know this. I used to know this. Too. I did Kaolin. Kaolinite was a big part of my master's thesis. Well, Jesse doesn't remember writing his. It's like uh, uh, Stephen King doesn't like writing. He doesn't remember um, writing that one book, uh, Cujo. Oh, he's really? All hopped up on drugs. Yeah, he's no, he's he's totally blacked out for writing that book. He doesn't know how it was written. <laughs> <laughs> that was just that was just Jesse, but Jesse's just hopped up on Coca Cola and uh, I don't know. That's about it. Just about yeah. Co- yeah, I was gonna say caffeine. Just just yeah. out of my mind on caffeine and I don't know low main. No, wait, well, r- real say, quick. How, how do we feel about this uh, coffee Coke? I love it. Have you tried it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm on yeah. it right now. <laughs> enough of it. i haven't tried it i haven't tried it uh yeah but i've already talked in the past about how i i've, I've had uh the pepsi kona yeah um and i hate pepsi i was just where were we was it at gsa the woman was like is pepsi okay and i was like no no iced tea. no give me an iced tea wow um but yeah it's it, yeah it's like they sell it in in small cans and it's just coke with coffee it's coffee flavored coke it's zero sugar though so it's basically, oh, it's, it's basically good for you it's yeah. like a vitamin <laughs> anyway sorry chris carry on <laughs> um where was it uh kale in uh been used uh been used since ancient times to make porcelain uh it's named for a hill called Cowling. Ah, mine. yes. I was, Kaolin was mined. Yeah, we talked about this in our clay episode. I was, yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, the commercial production of Kaolin in Georgia began in the 1700s, wow. where shipped to England for use in Wedgwood, China. There you go. Um, Kaolin, go check out a Kaolin mine. There's a lot of Kaolin uh, in kind of like the older, older fall of uh, the older, uh, older coastal plain stuff along there and then uh go check out some heavy minerals inside your sand too because they also mine heavy minerals from uh the coastal plain of georgia specifically um uh ilmenite and rutile to be used for titanium and i got a fun fact for you guys george and everyone else out there too i did not know this we all know that like uh, there's so many different uses for minerals out there and you're using minerals just all day long. You have no idea like clay. We talked about this in the, in the clay episode, clays uses a filler and toothpaste and also in uh, it was t- toothpaste, right? I'm not mistaken. Yeah. yeah. And milkshakes, then also toothpaste. milkshakes as well, yeah, yeah. Filler and milkshakes as well. How about titanium? 
uh, the let's see, ilmenite, rutile, or a source of titanium, which is a super white pigment in paint, plastic, paper, and hundreds of other products, including the white powder on donuts. What? <laughs> so they're getting some kind of pigment from the titanium in illite and rutile. I did know there's rutile in ceiling tiles. Yeah. Because running x-ray diffraction in the building that we were in, uh, every once in a while, I'd get a peek for rutile and be like, what the heck? And it turns out it was from the ceiling tiles. It was just dust from the ceiling tiles getting on the sample and contaminating the sample with rutile. So pretty, pretty crazy. But uh, the white, like I did know titanium was an additive in white paint, uh, replaced lead um, <clears throat> for that. But mm-hmm. I didn't re- I didn't realize I'm eating titanium donuts. I mean, stronger. I do feel strong every time I eat a donut. Like, I feel strong. <laughs> yeah, do too. Yeah, yeah that, that explains the, uh, it. The Homer Simpson diet, right? Yeah. yeah. From now on, I'm just eating white powder donuts. I had a donut yesterday. That a boy. Yeah. Um, Sunday's donut day. There you go. So uh, there you go. There you have it. Uh, also, I mean, I know you're. You mentioned the Barrier Islands. What else there outside the Barrier Islands? You can check out some ancient barrier or like Pleistocene age barrier islands. There is a whole bunch of them all stacked up, not stacked up because that implies vertically, but um, kind of button up against each other along the coastal plain there. Um, and uh, just uh, all age, they're all late Pleistocene barrier islands. But um, Georgia, it's pretty cool. You can actually see these, these, uh, I mean, they're not like super tall, but uh if you ever look at a, a, a geologic map of, of Georgia, you can see the different um, different chains of barrier islands there stretching along the uh, parallel to the coast. So uh, check out Trail Ridge. Trail Ridge is, it's basically, uh, it is the old uh, Wicomico barrier island, which is late Pleistocene, but it, uh, it borders up against the one side of the Okefenokee Swamp. There's another thing you can check out along the, uh, Great name. Yeah. Along the, um, the Georgia coastal plain, the Okefenokee swamp. If you're into swamps, uh, yeah. I wouldn't suggest going there in August, but, uh, <laughs> maybe a winter trip. If you want to, if, if you want to get your kids not into geology, take them to <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, I could talk about, I could talk for days about the barrier islands of Georgia and just throughout the Pleistocene and uh, what's going on with all the different chains of barrier islands there. But there's a lot there. And that is probably its own topic because we're an hour in already. And don't get me, these guys know, don't get me started on barrier islands. No. They, <laughs> Every day. We don't have that kind of time. We don't. <laughs> so, um, anyways. So there, there you have it. There's a, just kind of a brief run through on the uh, coastal plain fun facts, coastal plain fun facts, and some things to check out along the coastal plain. And then also, while you're out in the coastal plain, check out Vidalia, Georgia, and get some Vidalia onions while you're at it. Yeah, there you go. Um, but three great questions by George. Yeah, love it. Keep them coming. 
Yeah. Thanks very much, George. And thank you for sponsoring the podcast. Yeah. You too can be picking and choosing what we have to talk about. Yeah. Um, Our strings like puppets. Yeah. Hopefully, you know, our future Patreons will have super interesting questions like George had. So sure they will. We have some awesome fans. out. Haven't let us down yet. So don't let us down. Yeah. It's a lot of pressure, but it's worth it. It's worth it. Just think of the glory. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. The glory of having a flannel cast episode all to yourself. (laughs) Yeah. Well, you know, just say it. I, By the I way, it's... I'm looking at this this clock behind. We talked about was it before the podcast started? Justin? It was. Clock. It's it's just so fun. Every time Jess, Jesse's got a broken clock behind him, right? And every time it doesn't move. So <laughs> I just keep obviously. <laughs> if it was a working clock, it would move. It's um, still seven forty six. Seven it has not changed. Seven forty six behind <laughs> his shoulder. I've been talking um, about the same thing. It feels like an hour. <laughs> it's only been less than a minute. <laughs> um, all right. Well, George, thank you so much again. Uh, if you would like to sponsor the podcast, you can go to patreon.com slash geology flannel cast. Um, uh, 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 tears for sponsorship start as, as little as $2 a month. Every little bit helps, uh, you know, to kind of, for us, you know, paying the bills around here and, and all the different costs associated with podcasts. Um, or if uh, we you check out geologyflannelcast.com, check out some of the merch there. We got some coffee mugs for sale, some t-shirts, some stickers. Get yourself some flannel cast stickers and take some pictures of some cool geology. Email them to us. We'll put them up on the Instagram page. Um, so there's that. And um Check us out on Facebook and Twitter and um, all that stuff, all the social media out there. So um, thanks, everyone, for for tuning in, for downloading the episode this week. Yeah. Jesse, what song? What song for this week, buddy? Uh, I was, you know, it was singing like Night Train to Georgia. (laughs) Um, Night Train to Georgia. (laughs) uh, But... um, I want to go. I was just listening to yesterday the mountain goats going to Georgia. I don't know. All right. right. Yeah, that's a that's a good one. All right. Well, check out check out the mountain goats going to Georgia. And uh check out some fun southeastern uh coastal plain geology, too. Um yeah, they got geology uh, down there. Who knew? Yeah, who knew? Who knew? Who knew? So, all right, guys, thanks so much for downloading the episode this week, and we will catch you guys next week with another fun and exciting episode of the Geology Flannelcast. See ya. Bye. Bye. Thanks for stopping. Bye.